It's the week in IndyCar. It's our guest show. And who do we have? We always have him. He's one of us. He is the French fry to my hamburger. The Texas cheese fry, possibly, since you've signed for AJ Foyt Racing. How you doing this morning, this beautiful Wednesday morning, Sebastian Bourdais? Hey, uh, doing great. Doing great. It's actually actually sunny St. Pete. Uh, It's getting pretty hot, so... uh... Thankfully, there's a, a late cold front that's kind of coming through tomorrow and uh, cool us off a bit for uh, for the 12 hours, which uh, will be nice. Four-time champ car champion and weatherman. I mean, that that's, boy, you are a, a many-skilled person. So you're getting ready to drive down today. I'm going to keep this episode as compact as we can here. Let's say a quick thank you, Seb, to Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers in TorontoMotorsports.com. Let's just fire right in. Our pal Hrisha Despond says, Hey guys, how far has the AJ Foyt team come along since you drove for them at St. Pete? Zeb says, what were some of the big goals for the off season and preseason? And do you think you've achieved some of them or all of them? And he has another question I'll follow up with. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think we would have to ask the question to the engineering team if they feel like they've they've gone through everything they wanted to. I, I'd be surprised if they say yes, but I think they did achieve quite a bit. Um, you know, overall, there's uh, there are some concepts that they wanted to validate or invalidate, uh, get answers on, and and I think we're we're getting uh, you know a little closer with. Um, Kind of finalizing and 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 getting details with right with uh, some tools that they developed um, because as you know testing is almost you know inexistent so you really have to come up with all sorts of simulation and tools to kind of come up with solutions and answers uh, when you try and throw stuff at the car so uh, I think they've they've worked really hard we've uh, got re- reinforcement on the engineering department with with uh, Justin Taylor. Um, coming from the sports car world mainly, but also uh, spent a couple of seasons with uh, Ed Carpenter. Um, so I think honestly, there's there's a lot of very good things uh, over there, and uh, you know we sh- we've shown some speed uh, in St. Pete. We've shown some speed in the winter. Now we just got to put it all together and and have a competitive season. So a lot, uh, a lot to be uh, to be done on the track, but uh, so far it's promising. Rishi and our pal Jordan Darwin and Doug Thompson all ask some version of the, "Hey, you're a really good race car driver. You've been doing this for a while. You probably have a good idea of what to expect when a new season rolls around. What do you think about the one that's coming up with Foyt?" Yeah, I mean, I, like I say, I mean, I, I, I want to be cautiously optimistic because, uh, you know, we keep talking about it. As competitive and tight as the field is these days in IndyCar, a weekend's made or broken for a couple of tens. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you, you get in, inside the top 10, you got a shot, you, you, you're two tenths slower and, and you're P18. And your weekend's pretty much done unless you got a saving grace on the yellow or something. So it's it's super difficult to come up with predictions uh and and i really didn't spend much time thinking about it uh i hope we're not going to be in that position where we're going to be hoping for a yellow that you know saves the weekend but you never know uh i'm sure we'll have some you know not so great weekends like we we obviously um i, I wasn't there full time last year there are going to be a lot of places that we haven't visited uh, together with with the arrow with the uh 
error screen, which you know is obviously a very uh, big specific, and and some guys are going to be returning with a whole lot of knowledge. So uh, I'm not expecting us to have a full season of success. I just hope that we can you know just keep on building and learn from the weaknesses and and cash on on the strengths. That sounds like a pretty solid mindset of how to go into a season without making any big boasts or proclamations. I mean, the other thing too, is just from a outlook personality type and whatnot, you're not a guy who loads up his mind with all kinds of expectations, preconceived beliefs. You're very much of a, let me climb in the car. Let's see what it does. And then we'll talk about (laughs) where I expect us to be. I'm not saying you don't have hopes or ambitions. You're just not someone who places a lot of emphasis on anything until you can actually get out and have something real and physical to base your opinions on. So uh, I guess we'll save the grand opinion. We're going to win every race. The championship's going to be over by half season. We'll save that for someone else. Um, Let's go to Clay Williams, who says, have you visited AJ Foyt's ranch in Texas? And if so, what was the best part? No, I haven't. I've, I've been to the shop, but uh, I haven't been to the ranch. So uh, I guess uh, maybe uh, maybe I'll get invited uh, if if we get a, a really good season going. I don't know. That's the goal. That's the goal for the year, to get the invite. Uh, if you don't get the invite, oof, boy, uh, that's a bad sign. Let's go to uh, Caleb Gerald. So Seb, what was it like last year with no fan interaction for you um, at some of the IndyCar races you were at? Uh, also, I guess we could roll this into, uh, some of the IMSA as well. He said, did you enjoy just a little bit of freedom of maybe only having to concentrate on the car, uh, or did you miss interacting with fans at autograph sessions and so on and so forth at the events that had no fans? No, I think it was, it was a sad year. I mean, it was obviously a lot better than a lot of sports that just didn't have seasons and things like that. But, uh, you know, all, all we do is is based on obviously the fan experience and 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 sharing and and if if we exist, it's thanks to the fans. So if they're not there, first of all, we ain't gonna live very much longer. And and second, you know, it's it's just a big empty box. So uh, there's very there are very few emotions that come through. So no, it was it was sad. Um, we kind of just um, cherish the moment that we were able to do what we love, which is driving race cars. But I mean, there, there was a big portion missing for sure. Let's go to where are we going to go? Ed Marsh. Love Ed. Uh, Ed sent a photo of him wearing one of our hamburger and French fry t-shirts that he wore to uh, get his uh, first COVID vaccine. So thanks for posting that on Twitter yesterday. Ed said, Seb, is there ever a point? When you're in the car and racing and thinking things like, okay, my wife's taking my daughter to dance class tomorrow. I got to take my son to music lessons after an interview. Then we'll get pizza for dinner. Uh, I guess he's wondering, is there ever a point where you catch your mind wandering a little bit? Uh, very rarely. Uh, if it wanders around, it's more like, uh, you know, specific about what's going to happen, how we're going to manage the situation in, in the event or uh, with the setup or things like I'm, I'm a pretty uh, 
comport a segmented person like i when when i'm in the racing box i'm i'm in the racing box i don't i don't think about much else uh when i get out of the car and i got uh, you know i got time for the family and and everything but uh uh yeah i'm, I'm pretty focused when uh, when things happen i can support that notion i concur but that's a sign of someone who's you know good at doing their job because it involves having to put things in compartments and deal with them at various points in time. So yes. Yeah. Uh, but I also don't mind like, you know, obviously and very much enjoy having the family around at the track. And, you know, as soon as I step out of the car, I got, you know, and I'm done with work then I can you know, switch back as, as the dad and, and, you know, having good experiences and stuff with the family. But uh, yeah, when, when I'm in the car doing my job and I'm, I'm doing my job. Let's go to uh, Nico Andre says, we know that you prefer having the back of the car very stable from a handling standpoint. But he asks, how does the weight of the aero screen on the front of the car challenge that? Uh, I know that you already mentioned that, hey, you don't have as much aero screen uh, driving time as others. Uh, he also says, um, thanks and whatnot, and uh, wishes you all the best luck and whatnot from France. So uh, just curious about anything you were having to possibly change inside the car from a driving standpoint or setup changes you're asking for to uh, deal with the aero screen uh yeah actually last year really the seat because uh with the vents and everything uh had to raise myself by about an inch just to just to clear i was i was always very very low uh, mm. prior to the uh, aero screen so i i did raise myself quite a bit to to have a a bit more freedom of, of sight because you know you got those vents sitting on top of the tub at the at the base of the aero screen they, they do take up quite a bit of uh, of uh, clearance um, so that was one thing as far as the handling of the car i mean the car is just a little bit more lazy you know it's it's heavier it's it's cg obviously pretty poorly placed because it's it's way up there uh it's it's a bit forward which is probably better than back um but uh yeah i mean and overall i think you know it feels like basically when the car goes it just goes for longer that's that's kind of the the long and the short of it doesn't make it more twitchy or anything it just makes it you know just harder longer to catch and you're losing more time so a bit more reactive overall and you are a bit less reactive what do i say more reactive less reactive you are swift on the answers today Four day, I love it. Let's see, where do we go next? We go to Justin Holmes. He says, Seb, is there a specific track that comes to mind you think might be an equalizer for your team to get a great result? Or is each track a stepping stone to a bigger goal? Uh, I think, uh, you know, Nashville will hopefully be a, a very good opportunity. Uh, I tend to uh, I tend to very much relish the uh, opportunities on street courses, and uh, nobody's been there. So, yeah, really hoping that we'll have a, a strong weekend there. Um, and then after that, we'll just, uh, we'll just kind of take it on the fly and, and like I say, just enjoy the moments when we are very competitive and, and try and understand why we're not, if, if we're not. So, uh, um, yeah, I think we have decent expectations or hopes for a barber. Uh, we had, we had a pretty quick card, St. Pete. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that start of the season sets us off on the right path and, and we can build off of that. Where shall we go next? Uh, now you've been asked this before, but Hey, we'll ask it again. We might have new folks listening in. Jordan Darwin says, Sebastian, do you have a favorite win in your IndyCar and champ car history? 
And if so, what makes that win so memorable? Other than winning my heart, by the way. <laughs> uh, you know, the, there's so many, like, we, we talked about that in, at, at length, but, uh, I mean, we, uh, there were so many races, I mean, you know, winning, I think, what was it, like 31 out of 73, I think, in champ cars. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's a lot to choose from, uh, but uh, I've, I've always kind of come back a bit to uh, that, that 2004 Denver race because, you know, getting tangled up with Bruno at the start of the race and having to go through the entire field on the track, which was not exactly notorious to be easy to pass on. Uh, I think uh, it was uh, it was quite an achievement, and and uh, winning in dominant fashion like that is always uh, was pretty uh, pretty awesome. Let's maybe add one more outside of IndyCar. Uh, would I be correct in guessing a certain race in a certain town that you might have been born in, and winning your class there might be the top sports car win? Are there any others that challenge your 2016 victory in uh, the GTE Pro class with Ford? Yeah, I mean, I had some really sweet moments in the Peugeot, but I think uh, one one of the the proudest one was uh, was winning Sebring uh, with Action Express. That that was talk about domination. We we lapped the field that that year. There was a very very long stretch of uh, of uh, green flag, and and we uh, yeah we when i don't know like everybody's car kind of fell apart uh in the heat of the day and 2015 action express my thinking yeah 15 yeah and uh and yeah we just (laughs) it was like it was a bit of a of a demolition derby we we just uh that was the very first time in my sports car career that i was given shrinking uh gaps to p3 and then p2 to the point that i actually thought that ian was actually messing with me uh, ian watt your what, what, race engineer <laughs> what is he talking about yeah you're like 30 seconds and then 25 seconds and then 15 seconds and it was it was almost two or three seconds a lap uh, sometimes a bit more and uh, it didn't seem right and and i didn't feel that we were particularly quick either because the track conditions had deteriorated pretty dramatically and and that one was that one was pretty special wow yeah that was a spectacular day remember a photo or two that i took of you getting out of the car after some i don't remember how many stints you did but oh that wasn't so many it's just the helmet blower fan had pretty much uh given up on us there was one uh one uh one uh, element that fell off of it and kind of jammed it and, and obviously wasn't pushing the air through as much and it it was stupid hot in those dp cars with the the front the, uh, front radiators radiator blowing right into your <laughs> and, yeah right in your face and it was you know one of those super hot sebring and and humid and i uh, i I remember Max Pappy putting his feet in the cooler box where everybody was getting drinks off, and, uh, and, I, and I got out, and I was just about passed out the first time, and the race was long, far from over. So yeah, it was. Uh, there, there are plenty of stories about that that one race. Wow, the the time we almost wore out Seb completely. Uh, let's see, where else should we go with the last couple of questions? Uh, windy car at car underscore windy on Twitter has a little bit of a longer one. Seb, I was telling someone about how auto racing drivers jump from one series, maybe into IMSA for say Daytona or Sebring and back out to others. 
says, as you are this weekend, um, he says, they mentioned it sounded like elite soccer players in, say, Premier League and then maybe playing in UEFA uh, or a national team game. Do you agree with the comparisons? And also ask, what are some of the unique challenges jumping from one organization, one team to another, one series to another, different crew? Um, curious how you manage that and if you think there are any parallels uh, to this soccer analogy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think versatility is is always uh, is always a great thing, and and as as race car drivers, and I'm sure as it is the case with soccer players, you know, it's just uh, uh, when when you get the love of the ball, you know, you just have it, and and for us, it's the love of the wheel, and <laughs> and uh, and I think you know some of us want to stay very specific and and dedicated and focused, and some others just like to touch uh, different fields and and uh, and very much enjoy that i know for myself it's always been something that i felt maybe stronger better and uh, i'm sure i'm sure it holds true as well uh, in in other sports let's go to john olsakovsky he says uh what features or functionalities from your cadillac dpi you'll be racing this weekend uh do you think could or would improve some of the aspects in your indy car uh, he says, are there functions on the steering wheel and whatnot that make your lives better in sports cars and Indy car? And he also wonders if there's anything from you know, the DW 12 chassis, uh, you'd like to take back to the DPI. Uh, I mean, it, it's actually, you know, in the operating mode, it's, it's actually very similar. Um, the, the one thing that, you know, kind of makes life a little easier, particularly when it's a high uh, degradation track uh, and very hard on tires. Uh, it's it's the traction control, which you know is is obviously something that I don't like personally, but also massive help when the car is somewhat out of the the groove. Um, and we obviously don't have that in IndyCar, and and I I completely you know think it's it's if you're a professional race car driver, I I like it better that way. Um, but you know, talking about features and and basically obviously technology, that's that's one that's uh, in in IMSA and that's not in uh, in IndyCar, and uh, definitely makes life a little easier when things get complicated. Where else shall we wander to here? Matt Philpot says Sebastian, about how long do you feel it takes you to fully recover after a really physical IndyCar race, and how might that recovery time compare? Uh, to say an endurance race like the 12 hours of Sebring this weekend? Um, yeah, I'd say a very tough Sebring can take like two or three days uh, just to fully rehydrate. And, um, you know, the fact that you get back in the car a couple of times, you just take a hit every time. And, uh, you know, it's bumpy, it's it's hot. And, and then you, sp- you spend, a, you know, a couple of... Uh, um, a couple indie car races behind the wheel. So although the car is not physically as hard uh, because you have, you know, power steering and all of that, the heat inside the car and and the G's that are still there, uh, the accumulation makes it obviously at some point a little bit uh, a little bit tolling. Uh, I'd say usually uh, within two days, even on the hard indie car races, you kind of back, and and sometimes it can take uh, take a little bit longer if it's quite extreme on the on the twelve hours. Add to that, Seb, this is maybe just a compare and contrast from a two-hour IndyCar race to a 12-hour Sebring event. Obviously, you're not doing the whole 12 hours of driving, but you are in the car for uh, a number of hours. 
What about the mental recovery time? The amount of decisions you have to make, the planning and plotting with five classes that'll be competing this Saturday at Sebring. I don't can't say if there's any difference in how much your brain gets used and how tiring it might be for your eyes and the constant inputs you're having to deal with compared to an IndyCar race. But curious about that side as well, because we know about the physical side. There can be physical exhaustion. Curious about the mental side as well. Uh, for me, the mental side, it's it's much more results related. Um, that's like you recover very fast after uh, you know, a very taxing, tolling race, uh, mentally and physically, if uh, things went well and you're all pumped up and everybody's happy and goes home with a smile and stuff. When when things don't work out and, and it just kind of feels like a, a wasted opportunity or something really kind of, you know, I wouldn't say unfair, it's just like, you know, don't want to sound whiny, but... Uh, you know, just once things just don't work out and you've put a lot of effort into it and and it just uh, comes to an abrupt end or not the end that you were hoping for. Uh, yeah, that that can that can take quite a bit of time, uh, depending on, you know, whether you get right back in another event or if you just chew on it for weeks and weeks. Gotcha. All right. Uh, Kevin Frederico, Sebastian, with the new chassis and power unit coming online in IndyCar in a few years. There are a few things you'd like to see in either the new chassis or power unit package that we don't have. Are there any things you want to see carried over from the current car to the new car? I think any rupture is bad in general because we always learn from you know prior events. I think there there are a couple of oversights with with the DW uh, uh, twelve when it. Can first came out. Uh, there were a lot of band-aids and, and changes made to the, the chassis uh, that made it a lot stronger, safer, better, uh, but also a lot heavier. So I think you know if uh, the, the the global consensus I think is that you know when the new car comes around, uh, there's going to be a lot of features that have been kind of added to the base, uh, kind of integrated in design to try and reduce weight and, and, you know, always in, improve uh, resistance and, and things, but uh, grow globally. Uh, I think that's all in, in the, in the works and, and the new engines will be uh, quite a bit more powerful, which is, which is great. So uh, no, I think, I think it's on the right path. We just, uh, we, we just need things to come through with OEMs. So uh, there's a bit more competition and a few more uh, people at the table. Amen to that. You know, we got one more for you here, and then I'm going to ask about Sebring, and then we will say farewell. This is from Nathan DeRover, good friend of the show. Says, no question, I'm just really, really happy to see Seb back on the IndyCar grid full-time. Says, Foyt desperately needs him, and this is the chance to make that team competitive. I think folks are going to be pleasantly surprised this year. Tell me about that, Seb. It's not as if you haven't received plenty of support and love from your fans. There does seem to be, I would say, a increase in the positivity. Lots of folks that I've seen so happy to see you with Foyt and things to be going well during preseason testing. No, it's not a data thing we can crunch, but tell me about feel. The vibes are good and right here. It seems like. Do you are you feeling that same 
positivity. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think there's a lot of enthusiasm. That's for sure. Uh, and and you know, it's it's somewhat pressurizing because you know you just you don't want to disappoint, but at the same time you can only do you know and give your best, and and that's that's what we're gonna do. I think everybody's worked really hard, and and the spirits are are good. Like their people are enjoying working together. There's a group group of guys, and the dynamic is positive. And and obviously, <laughs> I, I said that a couple of times. Unfortunately, in racing, it doesn't. It takes quite a bit of time to build that, but it takes very few events going wrong to to break the positive cycle as well. So you you know you always hope that everything you do is is gonna you know keep pushing the thing in the right direction and i don't know if if i'm you know the the exact thing that aj Ford racing needs but what the team needs is is a you know a change of habit and just kind of getting getting rewards for their hard work because they've been working just about as hard as anybody else if not more and uh, and it's always tough you know when when you don't get the results and you, you feel like you've just like really worked super hard to to get there so Hopefully they they do you know get that and I can I can give them that but um, yeah I just I really hope it happens. <laughs> What's Rap said talking about this weekend, JDC Miller Motorsports team. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings in this hyper competitive DPI class? You mentioned a couple of tenths can be the difference between pole and 18th and IndyCar. It's not like DPI is <laughs> a whole lot different in terms of competitiveness. No, it's not. It's just fewer cars. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, you know, I think uh, always a uh, like a a tense in something from Paul uh, at Sebring last time around, and we we're third. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's super competitive. It it uh, doesn't take much, and it's also extremely difficult to pass with those cars. Um, the uh, the arrow wash is is monstrous, so really your best shot is to take advantage of situations in traffic, and and it's it's obviously playing with fire when you do that with you know a 12 hours or a 24 hour race. So uh, track position is key. Uh, there are a lot of tactics that are being used, you know, during pit stop sequences and stuff. The undercut, the overcut, depending on what kind of traffic you're gonna hit, and uh, you really really gotta stay on top of it. But you know, on the broader Thing. For us, I think um, the team is in its second year of functioning the way it is right now. Uh, Loic and, and Tristan are obviously going to be the, the regular for the season, but I'm I'm, I'm just kind of helping. I, I kind of set the foundations up a bit. I think uh, I think there are some really good things. The the car was very competitive at Daytona uh, again, and and it was very competitive at Sebring last year. Um, so yeah, I'm really hoping that. Uh, we can uh, we can transfer and and uh, transform the essay because last year uh, it, it looked really really good and then you know you just uh, become a bit of a of a victim on uh, from a, a gt and the whole thing is, is over so we're we're two and oh with that so hopefully we just put it behind us for uh, for the, the the 12 hours this year amen brother Obviously, hope things go well for you here, and we'll look forward to getting the uh, the update next time we uh, get a chance to do a little bit of hamburger and French fry show. So thanks to you, your AJ Foyt Racing Team, obviously, Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, TorontoMotorsports.com. We'll speak to you next week.